So I was late to watching tonight's uh, Game 2 of the World Series, but um, we both kind of caught on to the same exact thing at the same moment, I think, which was um, that apparently somebody stole a base and everybody in America gets to steal a taco between um, like 2 and 2.40 p.m. Void were prohibited, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I, I, I'm a sucker for these dumb product tie-ins that are that are like slightly outlandish because I, like i don't know it seems like fast food places are in in food is a perennial topic on the show but they seem to be kind of the most adventurous with their marketing so there's another yeah, one I, I think that's fair there's another one that i want to point you to let me just unblock twitter um uh i'm not sure did you already see the kfc thing no okay so let me send you to the following link put this in the in the slack okay so uh tell me what's unique about the people that uh the kfc twitter account follows oh i i did see this it, yeah. it, it follows like what the original five spices or something like that so it follows only uh the original five spice girls and uh six guys named herb because <laughs> the original kfc recipe is 11 herbs and spices which is you kind you have to real like who whichever intern they're not paying or paying nine twenty five <laughs> an hour and just giving like free famous bowls to um or, or like the the sandwich that's just two pieces of chicken and then like a sliver of lettuce in between the two like you have to really appreciate that that's the thing that like so you know what I just kind of thought of is that it feels like whenever there's a genius marketing thing that we see mm-hmm. we always just assume it was an intern. And then whenever we see something like really dumb, we assume, we assume it's from, you know, the, the corporate over, overlords in, in some marketing department. It's because anytime anything good happens, it's normally it's normally just like a bit of honest humor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is probably just something somebody thought like, oh, love 11 herbs and spices. That's that's a funny thing that you guys have latched on to amidst all like your weird marketing stuff. But, you know, what? hey, there were Spice Girls. Oh, and there's guys named Herb. Like, there, there's like that's just honest joy in a, in a sea of awfulness uh not not related to kfc but it's everything but like when you have those stupid things like where like pepsi is like we're, we're gonna do a, a black lives matter ad where we're gonna have this person who has a show on e like one of the kardashians and she's gonna hand a cup of coke like you you have to assume that went through like eight thousand like meetings and like if like 20 people had to give their notes on like every like I assumed like that awful stuff does kind of have to happen through different layers of corporate, right? Yeah, very very much so. Yeah. Like I don't think there were board meetings on on who the KFC Twitter account <laughs> to follow. I bet there were board meetings about when and how to give away free tacos, though. Oh, I, I bet you. And and I'm joking, like actually, like about the the narrow window. Actually, apparently it's it's November first from two to six p.m., which se- which seems ample time to. To go get your locos tacos, except I think it's just one, so it shouldn't be plural. <laughs> so anyway, so that's a thing. Um, let me let me send you one more link. This is another thing. Well, we're just gonna get. Well, actually, before we do this, let's before we get into the T word stuff. Um, we don't we don't still talk about that on this show, do we? I certainly hope not, because I think like yeah, that that's that's no, the tech is bad. Um. 
you had mentioned two well i've got two related things you had mentioned something about a sports equinox which i don't really remember what that was about but what was that yeah so this is something that 538 called out when it happened last week it was last thursday i believe and i and i couldn't believe how rare this was so this is let me pull up in the the link just to make sure that you know especially because this is a a 538 thing you know we can't can't have our, our facts wrong here uh, so this is where the four major sports all play on the same day so this is baseball football basketball and hockey and it's only happened um 16 times prior to this last thursday so thursday was the 17th time because you had game five of the nlcs you had Thursday night football, and then you had a bunch of basketball and hockey games since those are both in their their regular season now. So I don't know. I thought that was sort of a, a neat a neat little fact, just given how infrequently that happens. Although I think I told you this offline, it, when you kind of stop and think about it, and you look at the calendar, it 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 does it does make sense. There's only a, a small period of time where. Um, baseball's overlapping with um the other sports so how many of those five games were cord cutters able to watch <laughs> so i bring that up because apparently uh, i'm not like so i didn't get to watch most of tonight's game but apparently uh fox is going i guess maybe they're just like people don't watch baseball enough so the audience is small so they're going super heavy on jamming ads in literally every way they possibly can yeah, there there was a there was a team. This might have been before you started watching, but there was a T-Mobile ad that came up, like the like Joe Buck announced, and now a word from T-Mobile, and it was <laughs> my least it was favorite sentence, <laughs> including Joe it, Buck. <laughs> it was I I like Joe Buck. We we can yeah. come back to that. Mm. Um, and it was um literally in between batters during an inning so they they did the thing where they kept the game sort of in a smaller window off to the side but then there effectively was a t-mobile splash screen and then a t-mobile video ad playing on sort of the other side of the screen yeah you're saying that company's name a lot um it's working on you so like that's tricky because so yeah I've I've Jason Snell uh, was saying something about this where these new, there's these new ten second ads that are happening between at bats which seems like the worst, um, but wasn't that a thing? Um, I think MG Siegler mentioned something about this and then Ben Thompson did too where like it was like when the Masters or some golf thing was it like they were doing like split screen ads? Yeah, so it was it was the and we we talked about it on the show too. I'm glad you're a careful listener. Uh, it was during the British Open, but the the difference there is they did it when they would normally cut away to a full commercial break. Exactly. But in, instead, they kept showing you what was happening on the course while also showing you the commercials. So I, I think that's 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 better. That's great. But th this this these are additional ads where there otherwise wouldn't be an ad. Yeah, and then last thing related to this because I can, I like. Got to cram in the Twitter usage in 10 minutes. Uh, apparently, there's, there's a thing where they're now doing, um, send you this link, uh, where they're doing green screen ads, not just behind home plate now, but in the back. And you can see uh, this gentleman <laughs> making an amazing catch, uh, minus his head, because uh, the, the superimposed ad is uh, cutting it off. I 
I have not seen this before. I wonder if this is something that's new during the World Series. I, I have not have not seen this during any other baseball game. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think normally it's very traditional for a nationally broadcast game to have the green screen behind uh, home plate. But yeah, the, this apparently they're just trying to cycle stuff in the in, well the in the, the outfield. The, I think the, the green screen thing behind home plate, I, th- that makes its way even into some local broadcast now, doesn't it? I don't think so. Because like, no, you'll see uh, on, on the, the CSN or the, what, what is it rebranded now? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, NBC Sports Bay Area presented by Comcast, whatever. Um, that, no, it's generally one static ad per game. I, mm, I think okay. I only see it change when it's, um, when it's on ESPN or it's a national national game. But yeah, I mean, they got to make their money. Uh, baseball isn't isn't what it used to be. But I think this is probably, I th- even though it's the Astros and you would think they don't have that much um, like viewership behind them, I think kind of their whole like worst to first thing. Because wasn't it 2013? Like when did they just have that absolutely abysmal season? Yeah, it was just a, just a few years ago. Yeah, like that, like, and now that they're, they're like at the top and also that everybody just knows the Dodgers are bad and LA's a bad, a bad city, like it's, it's, uh, it's gonna be a good series. Yeah, I mean, of of course, of course we're rooting for the Astros, but I mean, we're also rooting for the not Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I would, I don't know what I would have done if it was Yankees and Dodgers. You would still the Yankees. (sighs) Yeah, I I guess so. I was going to make a political thing, but I'm not going to because it's upsetting. But <laughs> like, no, it's 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 a lesser of two evil situation. And the Dodgers are really that. Yeah, I don't if, if it was the Yankees and Dodgers, I don't think I would have watched one second of that series. But still in the back of your head, you would have had a, somebody who you don't who you want to win less. And it would be the Dodgers, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this brings me to my ultimate where I was trying to go with this is. um. Sports allegiances of Instagram dogs. Hmm. So for okay. me in particular, because this is twofold, I think you might have forgotten about the 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 bee in your bonnet. So me, because I because I just really do not like the Dodgers, uh, Lilo the Beagle, and a couple of other uh, great Southern California dogs. Apparently, their owners are just doing like animal abuse, and they're putting Dodger caps on them and stuff like that. But for you, um, and even though is. Is she is a traitor? Uh, Lilo the Beagle is is one of the best dogs on Instagram to follow. But for you, your fave uh, Wilson the Golden Retriever, who lives up in Washington, uh, apparently took uh, took it upon uh, took it upon himself to be the uh, the twelfth pup. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very upsetting. Although with Wilson and with all these other dogs, I I don't put the blame on the dogs. You, you have to put that blame on their human. Mm-hmm. So you know. As upsetting as these photos are, I, I remind myself that it's you know it's not it's not the dog's fault. Okay, and then before we finish up uh, all our pre preamble business, well, actually this this is kind of a main topic thing. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to share about this, but I'm not sure if this crossed your radar. Apparently, there's a new uh, a, a new hot startup that's supposed to make Excel a thing of the past. Did you see this? No, I don't think so. So I don't actually care about this thing because it won't actually be a thing for very long. It's probably just going to get acquired by Google and enrolled into to Google Apps or something like that. Because I think that's probably why this company exists. But my bigger issue is whenever um, – what is that one thing? You know Stephen Levy, right? The, uh, the tech writer? 
I do. He what? Was he, he wasn't the no. He's not the fake Steve Jobs. No, that's Dan Lyons, and he's that's, the worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But like you know the guy like where you just you uh, this isn't a review of the thing. It's just kind of like a tech puff piece thing. Like and Stephen Levy excels at this. Whenever Apple gives him <laughs> ex- ex- excels, <laughs> nice. Didn't didn't try, but you know I'll take it. It's just it's what happens when you're. There. It's like you mm-hmm. just you just sink the threes. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're in, you're which, in, in mid season form. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um. Also, you you saw the thing about the iOS calculator bug. No. Uh, let, let's. This is this is all over the place. But you know, I have my I have my phone with me. Okay. Is, is this something that we can do live on the air here? Sure. So you um you use PCalc mainly, right? Yes. Or okay, good. Open up the old well, P- PCalc PCalc Lite, as we Dude, discovered spend, a couple spend weeks ago. Ten dollars. Oh my god. I I honestly like. I don't even think that i knew that there were two different versions i don't i mean i, well, if, I purchased if one of them that is, so long ago i <laughs> we didn't purchase it because it's zero dollars oh it's light free <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> I, I, you you see you you know me by now i am i am certainly not opposed to, to buying apps so it, it's a it's an innocent mistake uh so no, open up the old uh run-of-the-mill pedestrian uh the calculator from ios okay okay and then I want you to do uh, how, actually just do quick mental math for me. What's one plus two? Three plus three, six. Okay, do that on the calculator. So one plus two, and then do I hit equals or just hit plus three? Okay, we'll hit clear and just do it all, like normally. One plus two plus three, plus two plus three. Uh huh. What's the answer? Well, it seems like it just stays at three. Okay, try it again. So one plus two plus three. So then I have to hit equals and then it goes to six. Ah, oh, you're killing me. Just do it faster. One, one plus, plus two, two plus three. Oh, is it does it not register the the e the uh, plus button? And then it, it the answer's twenty four. Yeah. Or mine does like twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Seems not great. Anyway, it's because it's not even a bug. It's just that, like, because Apple decided everything has to look weird on iOS 11, apparently nobody actually tried to use the calculator. And unless you go really slowly entering the numbers, uh, it it just doesn't work. So that's cool. Hmm. Uh, back to the Excel thing. So, yeah, like, this is, I don't know. It's, it's weird because, like, the Verge and that back channel thing that Steve and Levy does... Like, they just have all these products that probably won't amount to anything or things like where they get inside access to something or some good interview. And then, like, they just, like, it's not really an actual look at whatever they're reporting on. It's just like, here's a dressed up PR piece thing. Well, I mean, this is, this is, for me, the, the poster child of all this stuff recently has been German and others' coverage of the Essential Phone, which is, hmm. a, which is a product that, no one, no one outside of our very, very small T-word circle bubble has even heard about, let alone cares about. And I mean, that got an inordinate amount of coverage. But that's and of course, And of course, now you don't hear anything about it. Well, no, we did hear about it because it took a $200 price. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I think that phone's totally different because that one had like good... Like it, it is not a phone for me, and I and I don't like it, and I also I don't who's it care for? for Andy Ruman, huh? Who's it for? It's for people. It's like an art house phone. 
come on, it, it, admit for once that I'm right here. This is it, it. It is an example of this sort of like puff piece, sort of like inside baseball tech stuff, where these tech writers think that they're writing in a way that it, this is going to be something that a large audience cares about, when in reality, it's just sort of inside the T-word echo chamber. I don't think so. Like, and I really do want to give you. A, <laughs> I, I want to say you're right about it, but <laughs> but like. It, I don't think this is it. Like, I think that <laughs> okay, phone... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get there at some point. Soon, soon. Uh-huh. Like, you, you were totally there with the, with the, with the Wilson thing. Um, <laughs> and I think it, he was lick, uh, licking a beer while he was at it, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for that business at all. Um, but I think the Essential phone was strange just because it came from the guy who dev- like, uh, was one of like the lead developers or creators of Android. It was an edge-to-edge phone before that was commonplace. And like edge-to-edge screens became normal really fast. Like LG and Samsung just went at it really quickly. Well, like, and like the iPhone 10, edge-to-edge. It's not an edge-to-edge screen though. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's top-notch. I agree that, that iOS, that, or that Tim, they're doing a top-notch job all around. That's a joke stolen from the creator of TweetBot, but it's, it, it's not. We'll talk about iPhone 10 very soon, but I, iPhone 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 X, as, as you would say. I, no, I, okay. We'll move on from this Excel thing. People can you can put in the show notes, but like I don't know, like any. It's like this. This article reminds me of you know every time and and here actually I will give you credit or I I will I will slightly tweak your counterpoint to prove your counterpoint right. You know, like every time there used to be like a new phone and they would say it was an iPhone killer even though it was just a crap phone. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Because you're framing it as that like Excel is for all like the weird for the for all the zooms and the weird shit that Microsoft makes, Excel is pretty great. You can't open up two documents of the same name at the same time, but it's pretty great. And Man. this what you're surprised that's still a limitation after two decades? No, I was I was still sorry, I was still just hung up on your Zune reference and I was just gonna chime in and just say, like, man, remember the brown Zune? I do, and you could squirt songs. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh, uh, that was that did, was our that was like eleven years ago, I think. Hold on, let me find this. Uh, ten years ago? Man. Oh, keep keep talking. Hold on. Let me try to find this. Was it, well, they, I, wasn't it like the the original color lineup for the Zune? Wasn't it like black, white, and brown? Yes, I think. And brown was supposed to be the. And I mean, to their credit, it did get a lot of attention. I remember at the time for it just being a really kind of unusual color. Because I think this this was the same time. I'm sure, right? Where I mean, obviously, the iPod was still kind of at its peak. And by this point, I mean, Apple had done tons and tons of colors across the entire lineup. So, like, colors on your devices were definitely a thing. And they they sort of zigged with brown where everybody else zagged with, uh, you know, rainbow colors. Yeah. So, I just sent you a thing. This was from the visit to the Living Computer Museum uh, that Paul Allen has in Seattle. And they had just, like, this shrine to Microsoft's failures, which I thought was super funny. Um, they did not have a brown zoom. They have a white one. Yeah, see, that's that's a see, that's a missed, that's a missed opportunity. Is the 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 original Xbox is to the left? Is that again? Yeah, I guess the I guess the original is considered a failure. They had a, they had a good story about like just why it didn't work and why the weird controller and why like the way they just like it was just a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it came out really late in that cycle, so it it came out and was 
hard to develop for and the PlayStation 2 had already been so um kind of had such a dominant share of the market and they smartly just decided to basically kill it a handful of years in and then went to the 360. Yeah. And ignore the mice. That that's that was part of like if you look at look at it from the other side. Like the mice were actually uh one of the best parts of Microsoft. So the, the, the was the Zune an outright failure? I mean I know yes. it didn't okay. Okay. <laughs> It, I mean, it seemed like it, it did get a lot of, I just, I remember it got a lot of attention at the time. Well, I think it was just like, there were like, there's, and it's still this way. Like the people who use Android, like on principle, there's like, cause no, I think, and here's the thing, and this is what bugs me. And, and okay, this will be a good transition into the iPhone 10 stuff. And, and I've been super critical about Apple recently, but like, it's like, it's, there's always this energy. It was the same thing when the iPhone or so the iPod was super dominant Whereas anybody who had Windows or just like he's like they're like no man the 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 Apple ecosystem I don't want to be a part of it it's locked in man um, and and like that's where the Zune captured that attention it's from like a vocal amount of people so it still gets like mind share rather than market share but like it was still totally a thing like I think the Zune HD maybe did a little better because it was kind of iPod Touch ish. But no, I think it was it was generally a, a pretty gigantic failure. But no, like that same um, like market segment or like weird uh, group of people like the, the same thing happens to um, like Android devices where they try to act like uh, Android isn't also a gigantic Google walled garden. Yeah, I, I think that's um, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, and for um, <laughs> for posterity, we'll, when the notes here, I, I found um a Gizmodo article from November 2006, and the <laughs> title of the article is literally "Zune's Brown Color Sucks." Analyst says. <laughs> so we'll 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 put that in the notes here. Yeah. Um, also related. Holy shit! I I this this show always makes me feel really old in the middle of it because I was thinking about like this this probably wasn't that long ago. I was thinking of like this weird bug that happened, but apparently it was from 2008, so it happened nine years ago. Um, there was, remember there was a bug, uh, in the Zune software where, because it was a leap year, um, it just bricked all the Zunes. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> so you're as old as me. Oh, actually, yes, you are. But I mean, it, it's really sad. Uh, a bug in the internal clock driver related to the way the device handles a leap year affected Zune users. Uh, that being the case, the issue should resolve itself over the next 24 hours as it moves to January 1st, 2009. Yeah, there's a uh, TechCrunch article I pulled up here that um, is Zune bug explained in detail, and it actually shows the, the couple lines of code that that caused this to happen. But I mean, Apple's had their share of things too. Wasn't there that one one time they released like an iOS like eight point oh point one, and it basically just did, turned off the cell radio on your phone? Yeah, there there was that. Yeah, software's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What? I'm should we should we start the, should we start the show? Yeah, I'm all out of sorts today. I don't think I have the document open. Well, okay. it's 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 the the temperature. It's it's abnormally warm up here, and you you know you you, you excel you know as as you made that pun earlier I do in lo- in lots <laughs> in lots of different areas, but um, in the heat is not one of them. No offense. This this might be too personal to talk about. Do you, <laughs> are you able to work well when it's warm? Yeah, the heat heat doesn't really. I'm not I'm not terribly bothered by um, temperature, but it doesn't affect your productivity. Like if you're trying to get like actual work done. No, I'm much more 
um, susceptible to if I'm if I'm tired. I really don't. I'm very. I'm not really productive. But as long as I'm rested, I, I, I can work in just about any temperature. And warm weather does not make you tired. Not no, not not usually. Hmm. All right. Um, and the last thing on the coda that or the Excel killer thing, they chose a name for that's totally in use for a very popular piece of Mac software made by Panic, which is also kind of lame. Yeah, that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, I don't like any of this. Anyway, okay. Uh, follow up. I have absolutely nothing. Do you have anything? I don't think I do, but we've got a ton of new stuff this week, so we should uh, we should get into it. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Tim Cook's game. Ugh. Okay. And it is entirely a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, apologies. I've been super cynical and kind of crotchety about Apple stuff this year. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fully, I'm going to fully allow it here. Good. Like iPhone, t- we've talked, please refer two to three episodes ago. I've talked at length about what I think the iPhone eight and iPhone 10 strategy is going to do to sales and how that stuff will play out. Like I'm sure the 10 will be very popular and they're going to sell out a whole bunch of them um and like what i think about like the the ultra luxury phone and that kind of stuff is but in particular right now like just in the past week there have been so many like cactus moves like that seem super super lame where it seems like apple thinks like the iphone 10 supply constraint thing is like uh is a game that they're going to ham up for marketing reasons. And it seems like overall probably better for business, but seems pretty, pretty un- uncool. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't recall before where they've explicitly, and I'll, I'll use your favorite phrase here, lean into the kind of miserable pre-ordering experience. You know, so they've they've made reference this year to every minute counting if you're ordering online and then they also made mention of the fact that some of these phones are going to be available in stores on the first day and that they recommend people arrive early like i don't ever recall them explicitly referencing the fact that you really you really do have to sign online at the stroke of midnight pacific time or you have to plan on lining up at the store hours and hours and hours in advance like they i feel like they've for the most part they've sort of just i mean they they certainly they obviously allow it to happen so they're complicit in that way but i don't feel like they really call it out it's like now it's like they're almost it's almost like they're laughing at us you know so that i maybe i, th- I think that might be going a little bit a little bit far but like for me because i don't actually like care like I, I, I it, it's a business and, and great for them. So I don't think they're being like hostile to customers. I just think they're using what might be a failure on their part, which is inability to meet customer demand as like a marketing tool, which they've always done, but it seems a little bit egregious this time. Yeah, my, right, my, right. My problem is that, and I think this probably came a little bit before Angela Aaron's, but she kind of doubled down on this strategy, which was, she wanted to get rid of the lines at the stores. Like she didn't want, like that's why I think part of her strategy as well um, has been that she wanted to push most of the stuff online and get much more effective about doing in-store appointments and uh, online reservations to avoid just like the clusterfuck of there being 
uh, people lining up 6 p.m. the day before and hoping that there are like 300 people online for a phone with indeterminate quantities and all that kind of stuff. So I think, no, she uh, was was super on board with trying to eliminate most of that. And that actually, I think in front of the show, Jason Snell will bring this. He's he's actually cited it a couple times where he, he gets annoyed that something is actually just randomly in stock at the, at the store rather than um, being readily available to ship online. So I think there's like that push and pull with kind of the online versus retail of like where to funnel the the customer traffic. But I think she's tried to do away with most of the lines. And now it seems like maybe Apple is like, oh, we're not going to have that many of these phones. So therefore, we want some of them to be in store. So at least people are like, you know what, let's let's get the lines out there. So we get the media attention, even if we don't have enough phones, because we're not going to be able to say that we smashed records because we sold 16 million devices our launch weekend because they don't have that many to sell which is a different kind of problem which is okay but just compounding the iphone upgrade program thing where they're like get a head start on your upgrade except no you still have to wake up at 12 or 3 a.m to try to get the phone that you want if you want it this year on top of saying we're gonna have limited vague quantities in store so if you don't get it online head to your retail store so that cameras can see and that could be free marketing for us. And then what was the thing that you sent me about like what was the phrasing they used about like the game like I think they actually did use the word the game. Well no, it was I I sent you a, a screenshot from when I got the notification for the fact that because I'm an iPhone upgrade member Come back at 12:01 a.m. Well, and and they they used the phrase at the end of it saying when every minute counts. That's it. Yeah, like it's not a fucking episode of Twenty Four. Like, like, uh, like this is this is come on. Well, and and you know what's kind of frustrating about that too is it's actually something really good they're doing. The the fact that you can go through the part of the process, which is getting your your loan approved and making sure that you have a valid number through AT and T or your whatever your carrier is. Like th- those are the parts of the process that in the past have failed. Where. Apple's website or the app store app on on iOS has been working fine, but then you'll be brought to one of these third party pages that can't handle the server load, and so then you you get stuck. And so I think it's it's great that they are setting this up so that you can go through those extra steps ahead of time. And I, I did it a couple of days ago, and it, it was it was awesome. But then <laughs> they have to ruin they kind of get rid of all the goodwill from doing that by you know. Again, what I, I what I sort of interpret is basically just like making fun of us, saying like, "Yeah, okay, now suckers, like you got to come back at midnight, and you better not be a minute late, or you're not getting your phone until July 2018." Yeah, no, I think that's that's totally fair. Um, I do think part of I actually don't think they would have done the head start thing unless because I, I think um, a lot of that is because of like the frozen credit Equifax thing. So I think they assume there would be a lot of failures for that, for anybody that requires an additional credit pull. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure that they would have actually done it. Because most of the the analyst reports and like the supply chain stuff um, has suggested 3 million available units for like the initial like first week launch quantities. Is that... Uh, did I just pull that out of my butt, or was that accurate? That's that's that sounds about right, but I mean, who who knows how accurate those numbers are? Ming Chi Kuo knows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Munster the East. 
<laughs> Again, that's not fair to him because he, he's right all the time. <laughs> uh, Munster wishes he was. Mm-hmm. Um, or that he was Ming-Chi Kuo of the West, but he's totally not. Um, uh, poor, poor Jane. <laughs> he started his own fucking company. I know. Yeah, no, I, I know. What's his new analyst firm called? I, I, don't, I don't know. Let's Google this. Uh, L- Loop Ventures, spelled o- L-O-U-P. Of course uh, it is. Of, of course it is. Um, <laughs> A French for wolf. Jeez. Jeez. Um, no, I, I, you might be right about the Equifax thing playing a part of that, but the other piece of this is that they're also allowing up iPhone upgrade members to have their phones shipped to them now, which they haven't in years past. And you're going to be able to then, they're going to provide you a box to ship your, your current phone back to them. So it might be related to the Equifax thing, but it also could just be part of a, a focus this year of not making the actual, you know, upgrade process in the iPhone upgrade program awful, which it which it really has been prior to this year. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely iterating and, and making some of the things better. And and that's and that's the frustrating part, uh, which is like there are a lot of the company that that, that is doing that's improving on certain processes and then certain parts where it seems like that maybe that is not a cohesive message. So well so one well so when one kind of gap in the process too is if you want to join the iPhone upgrade program, yeah, um, you are not able to get pre-approved. So this is only for people who are existing members of the program. Well, hey, there, there's your there's your unfair advantage. <laughs> I mean, but it just seems if if it's really a program that Apple wants people to become a part of, which I assume they do, it it seems odd to almost disincentivize people from from doing that but um so yeah i think so it's gonna be a supply constraint so what like do you, how many are, are you gonna get a pot of coffee are you going to like play uno for six hours to make sure you stay up long enough energy drinks what are you doing tomorrow i i mean did no not caffeine no because if i if i do caffeine too late then i'm going to be up until 3 a.m which actually maybe i maybe i'll need to be up until 3 a.m depending on how apple's website is set up um no i mean i can i can stay up i can stay up until midnight during the week when i when i really have to i'm just gonna feel crappy the next day like we were talking about earlier where i'm just on days where i haven't gotten enough rest that's where i'm not going to be productive and that's well, but you're going to feel crappy. Well, you're going to feel doubly so because your FOMO should in February 2018. <laughs> well, that that too. Um, can I just say, though, and I, I think I mentioned this offline. So I sort of imagine the way that I'm starting to feel about this whole pre-ordering of Apple products process in the way that you've been feeling about Twitter, where you've you've recognized that it's it's an unhealthy habit. And you should really think about sort of just taking it out of your life, which will then just result in you being overall happier. Like I definitely feel that way about these, these iPhone pre-order processes where it's, and I mean, and this is a obviously total, total first world problem, but it's, it's just, it's stupid, stupid, stupid stress. It's a dumb process. You stay up late to do it. I mean, poor people on the East Coast, three AM. Like that's ridiculous. Like the whole, the whole, the whole thing is just. I don't know. It, it, it feels like a really unhealthy habit, and I hate myself for participating in it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can opt out of it, like I am. 
so yeah so is that your your strategy what well, is this you're just not gonna you're just not gonna get one i'm gonna wake up and at 7 a.m and if if it's shipping this year i'll order one if not i'm gonna i i, I don't care anymore well you've but this is not new you've you i don't know if it was last year or i i think you've kind of done it both ways but you've definitely had years past where you haven't gotten the new phone right away yeah i forget if it was the 6s or the 7 where i just did not care at all i think it was actually the 7 yeah see i've gotten well i mean last year i was i was on a trip when the 7 came out so i I didn't get that until i got back but basically every other year than that i've you know i've gotten the phone you know right away and like I've two years ago, I went through the stupid pre-ordering process, like when I was in Europe. Although that was actually kind of nice because it was during the middle of the day there. Um, but like it's just it's it's dumb. I hate it. That's why I've like I've for the most part I've cut out all the Black Friday and Cyber Monday, like all that stuff. I've basically just I I just don't I just don't participate in that because I don't I don't like monitoring slick deals and having to be, you know, having to click through the link within the first, you know, five seconds to then hope that the page loads. Like I just, I hate, I hate all that. Uh, vaguely related. Should I connect with Link, uh, Gene Munster on LinkedIn? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, just send um, him the, um, send him the custom Slack emoji that you made. I'm just, can you send a, a, a um, what do you call it? Uh, a picture along with a connection request and just a picture of, a, <laughs> of just a picture of an apple on a TV. I, I don't even know. Didn't we? Did we? We saw him in person at one point, didn't we? We. I think we saw him at that at that engadget thing. Engadget thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I and, and, then, and then I and then I asked uh, uh, Tim Stevens on Twitter if he ever uh, cashed in on whatever <laughs> thing he was wrong about. That's I remember that. What was he wrong about? I, I mean, probably an Apple TV. <laughs> Uh, i mean i'm sure i'm sure that's what it was yeah i think didn't did tim responded to you didn't he he did but i I forget again it was years ago i forget what it was about yeah uh well also there should be some isn't android tv supposed to be on half the shipping televisions as of like 2014 i think so according to eric schmidt right yeah i think i think there's a lot of people that are wrong all around Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i'll I'll wake up at 8 a.m and we'll, we'll we'll see what's going on um i forget you 64 or 256 for you well so you as as part of this whole iphone upgrade pre-approval process you actually have to select your phone and you you're locked into that phone and so yeah i i picked the space gray 256 huh that seems weird not the phone you selected the fact that you have to choose because since you still have to like the phone's not reserved for you how, how well, that seems like a weird yeah, yeah. Other I, than just securing the amount that you're able to finance, but like if you chose two fifty six, what if you want? I don't know. It seems weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Strange. Okay. Um, other Apple. Do you have anything else on the iPhone ten or any uh, pre order weekend things? Well, so let, let's let's put you on record. So when you wake up at seven a.m. Friday, what do you th- what 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 date are you expecting to see? Jokey or realistically? Real realistically. Late January. Hmm. I I would be I would say December. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um. All right. And then, do you want to slightly pivot to the uh little bit of newer news about uh, Apple's 
seemingly confirmed original video content thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into that. So we already talked about it at length last week about why it doesn't really make sense or like where the just the vagueness is as to why Apple needs to be an original video content creator. Um, but yeah, they hired, uh, they keep hiring more people. And was there like a leaked executive saying something or is it just rumored that Apple is going to try to make uh, series that are family friendly? So it somebody somebody talked. I I have to look at this this. We'll pull up this recode article here. Um, yeah, I'm scanning through it here. I I guess I um I don't know exactly who's who's talking, but um, recode understands that as part of the the pitch meetings, Apple's made it clear that they want family family friendly programming, which 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 recode describes as being nipple free. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of gross. <laughs> or just that's that's a weird way to phrase things. I don't know. Like again, I I again, people can listen to back episodes. I have my opinions about the fact that like new TV is weird and how I really don't like Game of Thrones for uh like some of the explicit content it has, and also I just think it's sci-fi and fantasy are lame. But um, yeah, I don't. So if they're this, just seems like another strike against. Like, are do they? because that's going to limit the appeal of certain projects that they take on and what like that that extra like over the top content like hbo one of the reasons why they're successful is because they do make uh i guess what what like gruber describes as like quality original programming for people like 18 plus Mm -hmm. so it seems weird to try to limit that type of content like i i do reject the idea that like any good quality television these days needs to have like gratuitous sex and violence in it, but in, in their storytelling can definitely be done without that. Like I think better call Saul is one of the key examples of like good shows that balance that type of thing. Well, but I think, but I think a show like that, which is a, a good example to bring up. I mean, based on what this recode article is describing, it sounds like even a show like that might be a little too edgy for exactly what right for exactly right so yeah that's what i'm saying like it doesn't have to be the game of thrones kind of gross extreme um or like just like garbage like the walking dead but it also like i don't know like that seems like a weird um like line in the sand to draw and just at that point if you do want to police or like just curate content that carefully to those strict guidelines then what is even the point like we already talked about what is the point before this was a thing last time, but just like doubly, what is the point? Yeah, I I tend to agree with with you that you don't you don't need you don't need sex, you don't need violence, you don't need bad language, but it feels weird to just cross those off right off the bat because there there are shows that can do it. There are shows that do it tastefully, like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad before it. I mean, even even a show like Mad Men, I would consider that a relatively mature show, but you would never describe Mad Men as being too explicit. Like everything was done tastefully and and within you know with within the story and for for story reasons. Sure. Um, and so it feels it feels weird that Apple would reject would reject programming that may have mature content but 
has that content in a way that makes sense you know if it just it did yeah it feels feels a little narrow a little, a little nearsighted rather yeah yeah so uh, who yeah and wasn't the wasn't there rumors before that they were gonna make some type of thing about like they were the first series that hasn't like the first um uh scripted series that they were gonna have was like some like autobiography of like dr dre's life or something wasn't that a thing well, didn't that wasn't didn't that come out as as an HBO thing? I thought that's what no that that, that was a documentary series that had uh, extensive interviews with that with with Jimmy Iovine, the one who said that uh, women love breakup playlists or something. Or what was it? I can't. I can't even. I can't even think about him. God, this is oh, this is twenty seventeen is gonna be the year of shitty men. Uh, this is this yeah this is gonna, yeah. But also, yeah, that that was really bad. Um. Yeah. Uh, no, that that was. I what was it? What was that series called? It was like a four part documentary series called the um, uh, the Defiant Ones. So yeah, but no, I could have sworn there was another thing where they're going to do some like scripted series about like the early life of Doctor Dre, which seems like it's that would not have that would not meet the criteria, just based off of the <laughs> music that Doctor Dre created, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So so I don't know. Just Apple needs to knock this shit off. I don't. This this is this is not your core competency, and the people who, like, isn't that their whole thing? Apple is focused, and and isn't like the issue that Samsung and Microsoft and these other companies are wildly unfocused and they'll try anything, and generally they fail at that. Like, I I don't I don't get it. For for yeah, you know, for every yes, there's a thousand no's. This should have been one of the, the thousand no's. I I agree. This is maybe other than HomePod. This is the apple initiative that i'm currently least interested in nice um okay so two quick things before we move on from apple stuff you don't listen to atp anymore i do not all right if you manage to restructure some of your debt i think you should listen <laughs> to the most recent um like yeah refi that i don't know get get get, get something get get some bailout money get some tarp for this um get a tarp to cover up all the, all the unread count uh, there's an episode of ATP recently called The Mac Renaissance, which is actually pretty good. And Marco made a couple of really good points I did want to bring up. Um, he made the point that it really seems like Apple's computers are made by people who really hate computers. Which was, I thought, seems kind of something that you'd like. It's like, like I know just out of context, it sounds glib, but it's actually super accurate. It really seems like every computer they're making, other than maybe the 5K iMac, is made by people who really just have contempt for the way computers are, and I don't understand why. Because I thought the whole point, and this is now me speaking, not Marco's thing, where like I thought the whole thing was that the Mac being kind of what it is and being like an unapologetic like computing device was what allowed iOS to be lean and focused. So why do they keep trying to ruin the computers? I don't know. I just thought that was a pretty good observation. Is that is this uh, episode 244, the Mac Renaissance? Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll put this in the notes. Yeah, like, it, it, it was... It was- it was pretty good just because like yeah like john made a lot of good points about it because I, I i'm not sure if you know like he he has like a nine-year-old uh mac pro uh one of the um like the dual xeon ones and it was a great computer but it seems like the new mac pro that they made was a mess 
the iMac Pro is super weird because like apparently like there have been product leaks about the processors that they're going to use on it and they're like down clocked processors and a bunch of weird stuff where it already looks like they're making a bunch of compromises just to shoehorn those components on a um, form factor that they're not really redesigning to accommodate it. And that like, it's just, I don't know, just all of Apple's computers are a mess. Like that the damn keyboard on the MacBook Pro, man, which is uh, continuing to be a problem for me is is going to just be frustrating. It it feels like, it feels like at some point with, the, particularly on the, the Retina MacBook Pros with Touch Bar, that some, something's got to give with those. Like I, I know that Apple for the most part is stubborn and when they transition to something no matter how much people complain they they sort of stick to their guns and just go with it but I, the, the the keyboard the whole butterfly mechanism keyboard and the touch bar both just feel like things that are just never going to be accepted widely yeah like and, and because the thing is it's not that much thinner like the the main reason I upgraded was my old one was getting kind of old and getting a little creaky and the battery was because I use it so heavily wasn't wasn't really cutting it anymore. But like this one, the only things that are nicer about it is that the the screen looks better and there's less of a bezel around the screen. But if it was the same weight and thickness as the other one and had all the other stuff, I would love it a billion times more. Like I, even if you would like even if you cite that like uh, Apple was too aggressive in adopting USB C, I would say you know what being a resident of dongle town whatever but like just the removing the removing the the sd card reader the hdmi port the all, all that kind of stuff the making the keyboard just objectively shitty like that weird stuff just it seems like you you genuinely just hate people who use your computers because it like for the product that is like that has pro in the name like, why are you making a product that you know people just won't like or will be objectively worse to use? I'm, I, I just, yeah. I mean, it's it it's super disappointing. Where I'm I'm in a position where I could think about getting a new personal laptop, and had this refreshed line of Retina MacBook Pros been awesome, I probably would have done it by now, but. I just I just can't really see myself getting into that keyboard or or the touch bar. And and the touch bar version is kind of the one that you want, right? Because then you have the, the, isn't that where the the faster processors and such are? Well, even that, but even if you didn't care about that, the thing that's annoying about it is you can if you get the MacBook MacBook, uh, uh, MacBook Escape, the one that uh has a regular keyboard instead of the touch bar, that one is only able to be had with two USB-C ports. Oh, that's that right. That's the other which means thing, like if right. you're charging it, you literally only have one port. Right. So you do like to get one of the ones with the faster processor or four USB-C ports. You have to then move up to the Touch Bar one, and like even beyond the keyboard and like the Touch Bar being useless. Well, like the Touch Bar stinks in the sense that like just being able to adjust the volume without looking or skip a track is so much worse. But also the fact that I have to use the goddamn caps lock key as my escape key. It's it's insane. Hmm. It is very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but anyway, cling to your 2015 13-inch, like uh like your life depends on it. Um <laughs> uh, all right. So let's uh let's do some uh, more fun stuff. Um wanna talk about some Amazon things? 
Let's do it. Okay. Do you have the, you should open up the thing about the Amazon hub. And I assume if I search for Amazon hub, it's going to give me USB hubs, which of course it did. I think it's not called. Oh, the, oh, oh, oh. So we, okay. The hub first. There's a lot, lot of Amazon stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, as, as I wrote, uh, it's under the equal time clause. We have to give it exactly as much as we talked about Apple. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you go to thehub.amazon.com, uh, apparently the way I understand it is it's a thing where like apartment complexes can say they could give like a twenty or forty thousand dollar down payment to Amazon, and they will install this like package accepting kiosk, um, very similar to the Amazon lockers that they have inside of certain Whole Foods and uh, Safeway locations in the Bay Area and probably nationwide. Um, yeah, it allows you to accept packages not just from Amazon, but it's marketed as like a modern convenience that um, most property owners would want. So this is slightly different than so the the local Safeway here has an Amazon locker, which looks similar to this, and I mean maybe even is similar hardware, but th- this is for instead of public places, this is for like a specific apartment building. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat, and I do think it is very interesting, or or, or I didn't think it would work this way, um, that it accepts non-Amazon packages. Pretty cool. And they're positioning it as a benefit. And I don't know what the uh, economics uh, of this are versus, like, how, do they have a licensing fee or what the deal is with the um, the the building manager or corporation. But like their whole thing from something I heard on Marketplace about it is that their their value proposition is that like the front desk people of large apartment complexes are spending hours of their day um, dealing with package delivery and redistribution versus actually like doing the stuff that they need to. Right. Which seems pretty cool and pretty interesting. And this just seems kind of like a logical um, thing for them to do. It, it saves them money for uh, missed deliveries and that kind of stuff. And when you couple it with their uh, weird in-house logistics service that sometimes delivers to your house, sometimes not, but then we'll take a picture of it when it's not, which is cool. Um, <laughs> Amazon's just, yeah. I don't know. It, it seems neat. It seems cool to have like kind of privatized Amazon lockers. I don't know. So if you have a product that requires a signature, do you, do you think that this this could kind of like if you've authorized a specific locker for your pickup would that sort of bypass the need for a signature do you think uh i don't know but probably yeah yeah like i mean because and also you can it, it, pro tip you, i mean you can also go to fedex and ups and put a signature waiver on file you can that's true it, yeah. but that's that's also like if you live in an urban area not probably basketball trouble <laughs> right right yeah um but yeah pretty cool um, well, so then the other other big Amazon news is the um, what's what's this one called? This actually I don't really, it didn't even have this is such late breaking news. We didn't even have this in the the initial notes we put together. So this is Amazon Key. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been rumored for a while, but finally now has an official name and an official kind of product offering. So this is much like the rumors have suggested in the past a way for Amazon to have temporary access to your home so that they can drop off a package inside of your front door. Um, And it works through the combination of a smart lock and a connected camera. So the smart lock is what 
allows the Amazon delivery person to unlock and then lock the door when they leave. And then the connected camera is there for you to monitor them and make sure that that's that dropping out the package is all they did. Um, you know, I, I was talking to some friends about this today. I, like, I'm so torn about this where it, it does feel like this is relatively well thought out and there aren't, you know, there aren't any glaring holes in this, but I, and I, I'm, I'm someone who's generally pretty liberal towards this stuff and am, am willing to sort of, you know, be on the cutting edge of, of technology, but I, I don't know. I, I would, I would hesitate before using something like this. Yeah. As, as a renter, uh, who will be renting for my entire life, uh, I'd luckily don't have the problem of, this, <laughs> of even, be, uh, choosing should, as, should, should look into an Amazon hub. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't a problem I'm going to face, but I like, I think whatever, I don't know. It seems, it seems like if you live in a place where you could install this, you probably live in a place where you can probably safely leave packages at your door. I don't know. Well, also there's, I, I was thinking more about this, this afternoon too. There's, there's lots of little nuanced questions I would still have too. Like what if you have a dog? Um, which, you know, important question, I think. Right. Um, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It, it, hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's a neat idea, but I, hmm. Yeah, torn about it. Yeah, do, does this have any, because what, didn't Walmart have a thing where they were, like, partnering with the, I think it's called August Lock, where they were going to be like, we can deliver groceries, like, directly into your fridge? Wasn't that yeah, also a thing? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, I'm an early adopter of everything. Let other people be the early adopter this time. Let me know how it goes and talk to me in three years. <laughs> Right, um, and I guess I, I guess also noteworthy the the camera that this comes with. There is also going to be um, a service, although this Engadget article calls out that um, it's going to be some kind of separate service where the it's this is called the Amazon Cloud Cam. It can basically act as a, a home security device, similar to like a canary or something. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly in Amazon news, uh Amazon Echo is apparently getting uh premium skills. Uh the first of which will be uh an expanded Jeopardy J6, which if you are not playing Jeopardy on your Alex- on your uh, Echo, you are missing out. <laughs> Cuz Alexa will oh, god damn it. Uh no actually the Echo I, I remembered to. I knew the Amazon stuff was coming this week. I remembered to mute mine. Uh, mine's on the wood stump, so that's too far to walk. <laughs> um, the Echo will read in the in in its lady voice, um, a Jeopardy clues to you. But then there will be like live, or there'll be like actual recorded sections from Alex Trebek. So it's a little jarring, but it's 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 super fun. So yeah, apparently premium skills are free if you have a Prime subscription. Uh, and we'll be like starting at two dollars a piece if you don't. It's becoming expensive to not be, be a prime customer. <laughs> or I mean, it just seems like one of those things. Like we're like, if, the, what, if, what, if there's what? ever if there's ever been an actual appropriate use of the phrase, you know, you're 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 basically it's such such a good deal that you're basically losing money if you don't take advantage of it. Like prime prime is very much starting to feel that way. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. 
I, I, mm, well, I, I, skills yeah. seem like still super half baked, right? I guess that's my that's my concern is that, that whole marketplace seems to there's not a lot like this is this is maybe you know this is maybe like you know new Ryan new Carlos kind of mentality, but mm-hmm. I just you know like obviously we we had the the hardware refreshes on the Echo devices a couple of weeks ago, and, and now we've got this kind of this premium skill stuff, and then obviously there was all the Google Home stuff. I, I'm I'm just I'm kind of content with my current Echo. Like I I only use it basically for my Philips Hue lights and uh, Logitech Harmony Hub. That's really the only two things I regularly use it for. But that's great. It, it works really well. I've got it set up exactly how I want it to. It, it works reliably. There's not really like a ton else that I need or want the Echo to do. And I'm not gonna sit there and fiddle getting new skills <laughs> to work for like hours on end. What if you are able to uh, apply for an Uber credit card by voice? Oh, nice, nice transition. I actually, never, I never really did get the Uber skill to work reliably. Unfortunately, no. Uh, sorry, we we won't, we won't actually go there yet. Um, actually, what was it? What was I going I don't know, like like the the Echo could still be better. Like I think there's some uh, a couple of things where it seems to not be that um, that robust at. Like I mean, if you've ever played with a Google Home for any um, extended period of time, like it it is considerably more robust at answering questions and t- that type of thing compared to the Echo. So I think there's still definitely room to grow. But in terms of like things it does beyond what you're already asking at, no, I I think I probably agree. But I think it could still do better so you know so kind of you know maybe hot take here i don't find any of these voice assistants like asking them just random questions i think 99 percent of the time i could be more efficient by doing a quick google search or just quickly opening an app to get the answer to what i want so i i think the difference is maybe you're you or that you're you're potentially thinking about the use case wrong i think more of this as i need to know something uh, when I don't have my hands free or I don't have my phone nearby. Oh, you mean like in the in the morning when you're you're busy running around? God damn you... it. No, <laughs> no, I hate it because, because here's the thing: as as a, as a dumb millennial who has trouble sleeping and also has trouble not being on his phone, the whole thing of I can go through an entire morning without looking at a screen, which I think is what she says. Give me that problem. I wish that was my problem. That is not my problem. My problem is not. Uh, snoozing my alarm four times, <laughs> hoping I don't have to start my day. And uh, this this sounds depressing. Uh, well, well, let's move, let's move along. We we won't cut that out because I think it's a problem many uh, aging young people th- <laughs> suffer. Uh, yeah, I'm the youngest old person around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only time, I, okay, actually, okay. So let's let's Uber is making a credit card. For some reason, actually, I know exactly why, but I, it's just kind of, again, people who continue to venture outside of what their actual business model is confuses me a lot. Um, so Uber and Barclay, which I think is they're mainly a European bank, um, are teaming up to create a uh, credit card for millennials that actually isn't bad in terms of rewards. It's just it comes from a, a, a company that's the noted cactus of society. Uh, that has very, very loose uh, standards for your privacy. Please remember that Uber would track where you went with your phone with, and you could not opt out of it 
for like i think it was like 15 minutes after every ride and the only reason they stopped doing that is that ios 11 was going to have a blue bar at the top that would say they were doing exactly that so yes giving them even more of your sensitive personal data including all of your (laughs) expenditures does not seem like something i would want to do but the the rewards package is, is fairly competitive compared to many other credit cards I don't know what's what's your thing. Well, so so, Engadget went down exactly the road that you just did, where the their title of the article uh, announcing this on their website was Uber's new credit card could be a tough sell, and their premise was well, actually it's it's, it's right here literally in the first sentence of the article. Uber isn't exactly known for protecting the privacy of its drivers or riders. Um, and it goes on to say now Uber is offering a new credit card which might seem a bit counterintuitive. And Uber um, actually gave Engadget a statement saying that they would, quote, not get any information on individual spending as that will stay with the issuing bank Barclays. The only thing Uber will know is the amount of spending that occurs on their card in their being, I guess, the user in aggregate. The company says it will have access to how many Uber credits that writer has earned through the percent back on an individual level and Gadget says their post has been updated to reflect that. I still don't buy it, but um, I think there's still other data. If Even if they don't get uh, line-level spending data, I think by seeing where you go and where your balance increases and by tracking that consistently throughout the month, I think they still get useful data out of the deal. Well, I mean, considering the... Um, the perks of this card, which are which are pretty good, and the fact that there's no annual fee. I mean, yeah, they have to be getting something out of it. But like, are the perks that good compared to some of the other cards? I think for 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 a no annual fee card, it's it's not bad. But but annual fee cards aren't that expensive. Well, some of them, some of them can be. But um, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's a very <laughs> credit cards are really not credit card rewards. Rather, are really not that complicated, right? Where uh, the cards the, i mean well i mean there's a lot of different options and things out there but i mean the cards with the higher annual fees you know are going to offer you <laughs> better rewards it's it's you know there's a pretty sometimes yeah sometimes well, like yeah. Am- amex is whatever their their platinum card is have has awful rewards for 450 well I, yeah I mean, <laughs> well actually you, you one get... of the rewards is is 20 dollars a month to be used on uber and apparently yeah, it's right. double around christmas time you gotta um now you gotta get on the the chase well, you you have the Chase Sapphire Reserve, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, that, like that—that's because that is the best value. Because like, right? One, yeah. are millennials eating out that much? I mean, good God, how how like, even though it's four percent cash back, how much can, can you be eating out? Is this why? Is this the whole avocado toast thing that people like people <laughs> make fun of? Like, how can you be spending that much money where that's a meaningful amount? Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. Um. So let's run it down. So it's four percent cash back on uh, restaurants, two percent cash back on Uber, and was like was an online purchases just in mm-hmm. general, yeah. and then one percent on everything else, and three three percent on hotel and airfare. And this is all you can either do Uber credits or you can do just straight cash back. And then in <laughs> oh, addition to that, you get a hundred dollars after spending your first five hundred in the first ninety days. And then you get a $50, what they're calling subscription credit every year, which you can apply towards online subscriptions like Netflix, Spotify, et cetera, um, after spending $5,000 on your card in a year. Yeah. Like, 
doesn't seem like a terrible deal, but I, I just, I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to commingle, and I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't care for it, but I, I'm also not the target audience, and I'm also not, I'm, I'm very skeptical of the company. Well, I, I would, and I would also say that by and large, credit card rewards is like a similar to my Amazon Echo situation. Like, I feel like that's something that I've got in a pretty good place and i'm well, not the, yeah i'm not really like yeah like i'm not really jumping at every new credit card offering yes yeah, so i think that's it um there was a thing i'm not sure we actually ended up talking about from a couple of weeks ago i think because i mean our our stack of grab bag stuff is, is getting kind of long i finally i apologize to miss claire malone but her article about slow broadband after i think 12 consecutive weeks finally got deleted because <laughs> we never got to it 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 really was a a good a good article and i i will i will put it in the notes here people people should people should should read it again when we when neither of us have phones until next year i assume we'll have time to talk about it so you can re-promote <laughs> it when uh uh when the time comes um Oh yeah, but there was a thing about transit trends. Um and actually I think the uh the SFMTA also had something about that uh this week. Apparently where uh, let me see, do I have the thing? Oh, it's on my on my laptop. Oh, whatever. But yeah, some some students at UC Davis and I'm sure you can look up the link to this had a whole bunch of stuff about like what rideshare is doing, how millennials use that, how it impacts car ownership and um uh public transit use and it was actually pretty interesting. Um and the MTA also had something about that. So I'll put that in Slack and then you can compile that into the show notes. So I think people should look at that if they have time. Yeah, put that put that in the thing. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, apparently uh, Chariot was MIA for a few days because of some uh, something about San Francisco City authorities. Uh, yeah. So they, uh, at the end of last week, were um, they, they were inspected by... Uh, California Highway Patrol. They, I guess, evidently failed. I think three inspections, um, and these inspections, I, I, I believe, related to drivers not having the correct license type, uh, vehicles parked um, in places they weren't supposed to be. Um, so Uber or not Uber <laughs> Chariot um, was re-inspected uh, the following day. I, I think this happened like last Thursday. They were re-inspected on Friday. And they were operating, operating again on Monday. Yeah, so that that, that that's that's weird. But um, yeah, glad they got it sorted out. I thought that kind of stuff would probably get tightened up, and it would it would have felt a lot less like a startup or something like that, where this would slip through the cracks. Because they're now they're now wholly owned by Ford, right? They are, and you know, I mean, up up to this point, I mean, they have been the most professional. I mean, you remember like the leap buses, right? Like they, <laughs> boy, they, do I. They didn't even bother trying to get any of the proper permits, like Chariot has. So, and I mean, you know, they subsequently went out of business quickly. And then, of course, you know, Uber's well-documented philosophy is kind of, you know, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. So, I mean, as far as uh, these, the as far as these alternatives, <laughs> so I mean, as far as these alternative transportation services go. I mean, Uber's kind of been, I think, the most above board of any of them. So, you know, 
and you know i t- to be honest i mean i mean obvi- i mean laws are laws and they and they they need to be followed but it it does seem like chariot's violation here is probably minor compared to what leap did and when what uber <laughs> continues to do sure uh not trying to put you on the spot but did um has uber sorted out their thing with london I so that there's there's an appeal process and Uber is allowed to continue to operate while the appeal process is happening and I believe that's still ongoing. Got it. All right. Uh, so we've got a couple of like brief news things. What, what do you want to? What do you want to do first? So you, um, yeah, you you put in some some grab bag stuff as did I. Um, Maybe the the TiVo Bolt Vox first. Yeah, so I haven't actually looked at this at all. So what's this? So this was rumored a couple of days ago and then was officially announced, I think, today. And um, basically, these boxes are the same as the existing Bolt products. It's the you know same design, although it's it's black instead of white now. Um, but same storage size, same number of tuners, etc. Um, but the the big change here is that the remote has been redesigned and has a um, microphone button on it now, which when you press it, you can speak voice commands into very similar to how um, Siri works on the Apple TV. And it, it does a lot of similar things like you can do um, like multi-stage questions where, you know, you can say, show me action movies and then say only from 2014 or, you know, something like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm moderately interested in this, um, especially because the black Tiva looks a lot nicer than the, the white one I currently have. But that aside... Is it still um, bent? It is still bent, yeah. Um, but, but fortunately, TiVo remotes are... Um, uh, I guess they're Bluetooth or some other type of some other type of technology which allows me to just tuck the TiVo away into my media cabinet and not ever have to see it. So, so so that so whatever it looks nice, but that doesn't really matter. Um, the reason I was more interested in this actually is because there's an entirely new TiVo interface that's coming that's coming pre-installed on these boxes. As it's it's a pre the new the new interface is a prerequisite to being able to use the voice controls, but the the new UI is also coming to the existing Bolt devices and I believe also the existing Romeo devices. Yes, and I I, I had received an email a couple of months ago about them the looking for beta mm-hmm. users, and I I decided not to be a part of that because I think part of it was you weren't allowed to like publicly talk about it. So I was like, well, I mean, whatever, I'm not going to do it if, if I can't really like talk about it. Um, What are they going to (laughs) do? I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, but, and then also the, the voice remotes or there's, there's going to be a remote available for the existing bolt. And there's also going to be one available for the existing Romeo. So really all the new features of this, box is is being backported to the old tivos which i think is is kind of kind of interesting and good on them yeah i i don't yeah i mean i'm, I'm glad tivo continues to exist um I, I i assume this probably won't be that good because i don't know like even though tivo does a lot of stuff other than dvr recording and like links into a lot of other services i found like that the apps themselves tend to be not 
great. Like I'm sure like once you're drilled down into it, like it's fine. Um, so I haven't, I don't, I generally don't do anything outside of the DVR stuff on, on TiVo. So this probably wouldn't be a direct benefit to me, but I'm glad it still remains uh, a product in the lineup or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad to see that TiVo still innovating. I, I think with them being acquired, we were both concerned that they would sort of just go off into the, the quiet night, but it, it seems like they're, Seems like they're they're sticking around. Yeah, cool. More excited for the interface thing, so we'll see how that pans out. I I did sign up for that beta thing, but I don't think I actually completed the sign up, so that's probably why I'm still using the old interface. Um, yeah, and I I looked around and found no mention of when that new interface is expected to be released. Um, but these new boxes are going to be available. I think, um, I think like at the beginning of November. So. If the new UI is on those boxes, then presumably the new interface can't be that far behind for existing boxes. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. All right. Um, I did, when I accidentally forgot that the World Series was happening, um, I, I had ESPN on, and I got to see a glimpse of the new uh, NBA jerseys. <laughs> the ones with the ads, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 very European. Well, so what's interesting is not all teams have them. I, I thought it was a requirement from the NBA this season, but it's it seems like it's been maybe 50-50 or maybe two-thirds, one-third of teams that do and don't have one. And I, I assume the ones that don't have one, it's probably because they're still just negotiating and still trying to find the right partner. But like I assume they everyone will eventually. But So do, do does it... Is it um, consistent? Like, does every member of a team have the same advertiser? Yes. Got it. And it's so. the same advertiser for home and road jerseys. It's it's just it's one one advertiser per team, and it's a set logo size in a set location on the <clears> uniform. The Boston Celtics are adver- have GE on them. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. The Orlando Magic and Disney. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but the thing is, it kind of looks like that belonged on it anyway. Well, so it, it so some of the logos look a lot better than others. Like for example, the the Cavaliers are Goodyear, and that actually looks pretty good on their uniforms. But like I sent you that picture of Squarespace on the New York Knicks uniforms. That's it's not quite as seamless. Ooh, is Seamless sponsoring anybody? <laughs> they should, yeah, maybe. Uh, um, what the hell is Rakuten? Which apparently is sponsoring the Warriors. I I meant to I actually meant to look them up when I when I saw uh, we'll do this do this in real time here. Um Rakuten they, is a Japanese electronic commerce and internet company. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're it's like a on, online online discount discounted store so it's a japanese overstock.com it's kind of what it looks like kind of what it looks like yeah uh-huh. what else okay cool uh but yeah the ge logo is gigantic um i mean uh, over, uh, the, it's weird because the, the nba is not hurting for money which not that that should be the only reason why anything happens it seems like they're like the whole league and all the teams are flush with cash so i don't, I don't see what the why Sun Life has to 
advertise on the Toronto Raptors, which are a team. Yeah, I think I think this is probably one of those things that if it was 2015 or 2016, I would get a lot more upset about. But given how many other things there are to be upset about now, uh, I, I, I haven't... T-Mobile ads between ads. <laughs> they sure, yeah. Um, I, I find it to be pretty distasteful and just it's not not something that I, i'm a fan of but i'm not I'm not gonna lose not gonna lose sleep over it i'm just, I'm, I'm gonna save i'm gonna save losing sleep for uh, pre-ordering my iphone 10 yeah i mean again compared to like european soccer like uh or sports teams like like um like uh like uh the uk like manchester United, like all those uh soccer teams like they're like the team name is like where the the logo is like it's it's enormous like you would think a lot of the people like play for a team called Vodafone. Right, right. So it's it's very it's very restrained and tasteful as of now. So uh tasteful is not the word I would use, but maybe maybe restrained, sure. Uh in in like just a sea of raw greed and capitalism, I don't know. I think this is pretty Yeah. Luckily they're protected from class action lawsuits, so it's all pr- uh arbitration <laughs> on any disputes that we have with them. Mm-hmm. Um what else? Uh, the snap spectacles thing. I mean, wh- whatever. I, I like. I you, you, well uh, to pivot on this. Uh, so Snapchat made those glasses that um, they had. So this this is complicated. Did you do you remember the Snapbots? Were those the vending machines? Yeah. So I think Snap like the the glasses are kind of silly and and whatever. But the 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 vending machines were actually really cool. Like I think that's that was kind of the uh, the neatest part. Of this whole entire thing, but apparently, yeah, they totally mis uh, underestimated or miscalculated uh, demand for these, and uh, rumors are that they have a hundred thousand of them in storage or not fully assembled right now because uh, they thought they're going to be more popular than they actually are. So, I mean, whatever. Um, but did you see that they have the? You can be a dancing hot dog for Christmas or for for Halloween. Sorry. Uh, I I think I may have seen that, but. Like like anything else, Snapchat related, I just skipped over it. Probably wise. Um, connect, done with. Yeah, RIP. I I always thought Microsoft was super into that technology. I think they they wanted to be. It just, you know, it never, it just never really took off. I mean, I, so obviously it's it's big. Its big push um, into the consumer space was with the Xbox, and I think that you know the the problem there was sort of twofold. Where you know the the Xbox was already being kind of price pressured, even without the Connect, and then with the and this, this is with the 360. But then when they when they bundled it into the Xbox One and made it mandatory on the Xbox One, it resulted in the Xbox being, you know, $100 more than the PlayStation 4. And so just from a pricing perspective, it didn't make a lot of sense to have it in the box. And then I think more importantly, it just never it just never got used because the the, the problem for developers is I mean, games are already becoming prohibitively expensive to make, and it doesn't make sense to develop a bunch of resources into hardware that you're not sure whether the users are going to have or not. 
And I mean, that, that was the kind of the whole reasoning behind requiring it to you know, be bundled with the Xbox One was that unlike with the 360, where it was like this optional accessory, you could you could be sure that everyone would have one. But then, of course, Microsoft sold so few Xbox Ones in those early days that that also didn't seem to really build a big enough market for developers to spend a bunch of time. And so without software, spending extra money on this hardware didn't make sense. But in order for the hardware to make sense, it needed software. So it's it's this this chicken and egg problem that just Microsoft couldn't couldn't get past. So I remember when the Xbox One came out, there were there were a lot of voice command type things that you could do with it. To kind of con- remember when like they they launched it and they're like, "This is gonna be a DVR and this is gonna control your whole entertainment system." Yeah, well, I mean that's 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 the the Xbox One. Like that's the kind of the the reason behind that name. Yeah. So was. All of that voice stuff dependent on a Kinect, or was that built into the controller or the game console? That was dependent on the Kinect. Ah, uh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's one of those things where the technology nobody really questioned. I mean, definitely some of the like space requirements, at least with that first version, were prohibitive for some. But for the most part, the tech was good. But um just again with pricing and with sort of lack of software for it it just just didn't take off got it um i think that's actually it for the week yeah i think we covered covered a lot i think we've um probably set a record of the number of links we're gonna have in the notes here lots a lot a lot of links a lot of links this week but but that's okay yeah give, give people some uh some fall reading yep all right what's your what's your uh chef special so I'm going to break tradition and do something that I, I don't think we've done before, which for me is making a chef special pick two weeks in a row. I, I, I can continue to not say enough good things about Watch Player and how actually being able to use my Apple Watch Series 3 in the way that I wanted to, which is, you know, actually going out on a run without my phone, that has been so so cool and it you know i I think i was pretty down on the apple watch series 3 when we first got ours and really the main reason i was down on mine was because i just really wasn't even using it any differently than my series 2 but now that i'm you know regularly going on runs without my phone that is awesome like the way that bluetooth headphones pair right to it you know, the exercise app is going along. I'm continuing to get all my notifications. I can still take phone calls. Like it's, it's so, so cool. And watch players, you know, for me, because I want to listen to podcasts when I'm away from my phone, uh, is what, is what's made that possible. So can't, can't say enough good things about it. And you have zero, you have come to peace or you're at peace with how long it takes to transfer all the stuff now. Yeah, I I am because because it's it's reliable. I mean, it it, it gets there. Um, it would be one thing if it took a long time and also failed a bunch, but you know, so far it's it's been pretty stable. Just it just takes time, and you know, I've gotten into a pretty good habit where on days where I know I'm going to go for a run, I'll just remember sometime in the afternoon while I'm at my desk to send over a podcast, and you know, it's it's not like I have to keep my watch screen on or anything. Like I can just start the transfer process and then, you know, continue to work or whatever. And as long as my phone and watch stay close to one another, which 
they always are at my desk. It just happens in the background, and they, I don't really have to think about it. All right, cloud's working out. And and when you run with it, sorry, do you do AirPods or are you using your Bose Sound Sports? I am using I'm using the uh, the Powerbeats. Ah, got it. Mm-hmm. So I just I just have those. I just have those paired to my Apple Watch now. So I, I unpaired them from my phone and just paired them to the watch. All right. For mine, I had two really good ones this week. And uh, I got distracted before I wrote them down. So I don't remember what they are. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, give a shout out or like a pick to um, a podcast that uh, I enjoy that just came back from uh, for its second season, which is called The Uncertain Hour uh, from Marketplace, which is a public radio service. Um, it tackles uh, a very particular um, uh, type of issue with like personal finance and that kind of stuff uh, and like just everyday life over uh, six episode seasons. So the last time um, it was actually, what was it last time? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was uh, the welfare state and just kind of the different ways of how the federal government and states try to reconcile that problem. Um and this time it's going to be the bureaucracy in general. So it's a good, tightly edited, uh, very, very informative uh, podcast that people should listen to. It comes out once every two weeks from the same people that do Marketplace. Um, and the the first episode, the second season was very good. So I highly recommend it. You can, you can listen to it on your watch. Couple the two recommendations mm-hmm. together. There you go. Synergies, economy of scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You even use some good economic terms there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mackers. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, we will see you uh, probably without iPhone 10s in November. Yeah, I I, I won't be able to um, complain about the inevitable crummy process <laughs> that's about to happen tomorrow night and, until two weeks from now, which maybe is for the best. Maybe maybe two weeks from now I will have settled down from. Uh, <laughs> The, the the rage and anger that that'll occur during the the pre-ordering process tomorrow night uh to take a like a a quote from galen druke like if if actually maybe an emergency pod will be necessary like if, if like you wake up and it's twelve ten and it's next year already <laughs> i think that might require of like a five minute emergency pod i don't know but we, we we will try not to use that term you don't like you don't like the the, the phrase pod right no watch player uses it no <laughs> it calls them pods instead of episodes uh-huh yeah no the the term pod should only be reserved for uh a tide pods for doing your laundry mm. should we should make those a pick of the week some point those are pretty good actually i'll, I'll make that a, a side pick of the, week. the tide pod <laughs> four and ones i very much like them yeah science they, they they thought america couldn't innovate anymore innovate my ass <laughs>